This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey. The other way. What is up, Boiler Nation? We're back. We are back at it. Another brand new season of the Boiler Breakdown podcast starting tonight since it's game week. Finally, it's finally Finally. game week. Feels like it's been five years. You know us already, but if for whatever reason you're watching or listening for the first time, I'm Tanner Lee, along with one of my two co-hosts, Evan Webb, and our other co-host, Andrew Eiler. Couldn't be with us tonight, or at least not at the beginning. Maybe he'll be joining us later on in the episode. We'll, we'll have to see, but a, a thing called work got in the way like yeah. it likes to in life. So, But Webby, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Man, you said it's game week. I said it's been, like it's been forever. Um, obviously, we'll get into our thoughts on the season, but it just feels really good to finally be talking about football. Oh, uh, football that we get to go to a game. Like that's the big thing. Is you and I will be there, and can't mm-hmm. wait. Man, I uh, yeah, I just keep waiting for something yeah. to uh, happen to where I can't go right. to the game. But uh, we're getting closer, inching closer to the first game at Ross Aid since late November 2019, and the heartbreaking loss to the Hoosiers in the bucket game. But oh, I'm pumped up for uh, for Saturday night. But uh, we have been uh, around the boiler break. Now we've had some content out lately. Uh, you, myself, and Andrew are lucky enough to join Adam Bartels of mm-hmm. the Full Steam Ahead podcast and did a little crossover podcast where we talked uh, our love for Purdue University, Purdue Athletics, Boiler Football. We talked basketball, women's and men's. We talked volleyball. We talked a little bit about everything. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. Videos on our YouTube as well as Full Steam Ahead's YouTube. And you can find it on all popular audio platforms. And you also, why don't you tell everybody about the interview you did last week? Yeah, so as you'll kind of find out later here in the show when we do our sponsor reads, um, we're lucky enough to be sponsored, have a new sponsor this season uh, with The Shop, based out of Indianapolis. Um, and I was able to do an interview with one of their co-owners, Alex, who just so happens to be a Boiler grad. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Definitely go check it out. So the, the it's a shop as we'll talk as I kind of read in the sponsor read. They definitely had some humble beginnings and they've now grown to two you know brick and mortar stores. One in Indianapolis in the Broad Ripple area and one in uh, Clay Terrace in the Carmel area, and uh, also an online store. And they're giving our listeners a pretty awesome discount. So definitely support them. Small business, obviously boiler owned. Um, I'm repping one of their shirts today as well as one of their drink. Uh, glasses and uh yeah and i've been i know personally i've been a fan of them for a couple of years now and the fact that they're on board is even better i need to get myself one of their uh one of their shirts i was looking Super the other soft. day i was looking i was looking um yesterday as a matter of fact when i was at the airport and uh make my way back to indiana and yeah I, i'm gonna have to it's gonna hurt the bank account let's let's put let's put it that way let's put it that way but uh 
But Webby, yeah, we are here starting another season, our um, third full season of being a standalone podcast. Fourth, if you include kind of the the side piece yeah. segment we used to do in one of my other podcasts, as you can kind of see back there. Um, but uh, what I mean, what are you feeling going into this week, this weekend? I mean, got the Oregon State Beavers. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. This is the first time we've started the year against a Pac-12 opponent or back then Pac-10 opponent since really? we played USC uh-huh. in '98. Uh, that was the Pigston Classic. Okay. Drew Brees' first career start yeah. on the opposite side of the ball was a guy named Carson Palmer. Um, USC won that game twenty-seven to seventeen. But the last time uh, Purdue opened up at home against a Pac-12, then Pac-10 team, was back in nineteen ninety-four against Cal, which uh, Purdue was not very good in ninety-four. But they whooped number seventeen Cal that day, forty-four to fourteen. Didn't we play? I guess we must have opened up again. I just remember us playing Arizona. In like what two thousand three ish around that time, didn't we? I mean, they must have been not the first game. It must have been like a second or third game. I think yeah, we went out there. Correct. Uh, well, we went out there in two thousand and five. Okay, we hosted yeah. them in two thousand three, but they weren't openers. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in two thousand three, we opened with a loss against Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Yep. I mean, going back to your question, I'm just super excited. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that we get to be there in Ross Aid. Sounds like it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty close to a sellout, which is going to be awesome. You know, being with Boiler Nation in person for the first time. I know me personally, I've been to Purdue game since the uh, drumming we put on IU in basketball in 2020, right before kind of everything shut down. That was my last sporting event, uh, so I'm excited to get back with you know over 50,000 of our closest friends. Um, I, it's hard for me to, to distinguish if I'm just like if I'm the positivity is just because I'm getting to go to a game again and things are kind of, you know, somewhat normal of a season, hopefully. Um, or if I think, you know, we're going to be, you know, a pretty good team this year, which I'm trying to figure out which, why I feel the way I do. Cause I kind of go back and forth, but I'm just excited, just trying to get things rolling again and hopefully have a pretty normal season than what we're used to compared to last year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think my only difference is my last sporting event was the Rutgers game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that fun overtime loss we had right. on senior nights. But yeah, they just it's it's gonna be great. I don't know what kind of emotions are gonna <laughs> come over me when, when they run out of the t- tunnel on Saturday night or when I step uh step through the gates of Ross Aid and make make my way down to my seat. But I'm looking forward to it. Oregon State's gonna be a tough opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh Boilers is seven point favorites, I believe, seven point seven yeah, and a half seven, point seven favorites. Half, yeah. Uh Oregon State had some decent wins last year. They beat Oregon. But even in their losses, they are pretty competitive. They put up some points last year. Their defense did allow 400-plus yards usually per game last year and gave up, I think, 33.5 points. Uh, defense coordinator for the Beavers is Tim Tibisar. Some Purdue fans might be kind of raising their eyebrows or thinking that name sounds familiar. Well, it should. He was the defense coordinator in Danny Hope's final season in 2012. So kind of funny how that stuff works sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they're they're returning, I believe, eight uh, defensive starters out of twelve. Okay. Um, I think at one time it looked like nine, but one of their defensive ends is hurt for the first six games, at least the first six weeks. They're returning their complete offensive line. Okay. Which is always tough uh, for a, for a defensive line to go against. Okay. Uh, quarterback that decided today. Um, his name's escaping me right now. He's Colorado transfer. He was second team Pac twelve last year. Um, so I'll find it real quick. 
Yeah, I know you sent it through a text message. Yeah. Right? Oh, cool. um, uh, Sam, Sam Neuer. Neuer. Sam Neuer. So I, I know I just know his Colorado transfer was second team to Pac-12. I think he's a senior, Richard Senior, something like that. So he's yeah. experienced. Yep. So uh so I, I would say, I mean, their program's been a lot like Purdue um over the past decade, a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I think they're trending in the right direction. So uh, we'll see what the guys from Corvallis can bring. Uh, the, Purdue and Purdue and Oregon State have only played together once. That was back in the 1960s. <laughs> Purdue was ranked number two and lost in an upset oh. to Oregon State. So uh, I think it was 1967 uh, or 68 off the top of my head. Uh, this is the first of a home and home, which we'll see the Boilers go out to Corvallis and then sometime eventually. I forget. 2074 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I forget. The, the games get scheduled so far in advance. But, yeah. uh, we do know who the starting quarterback is for the Boilers. Jack Plummer, Richard Jr. was announced uh, when was it? Uh, Thursday, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Thursday, he was announced to start. That's right, because Jeff Brahm has first radio show on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. said they'd be announcing the starter soon, and then, then Jack Plummer was officially announced on Thursday. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I like it, obviously. I mean, I was, I was good with either Plummer or Conwell, I like both guys, uh, both as players and as people. But I, I was kind of hope I was thinking it was going to be Plummer. I was hoping it was Plummer, just by the just because of the fact I like his ability to just like it's been well documented for what Brom says his ability to to move um, should he need to. His athleticism is a bit better than O'Connell. Obviously, O'Connell probably has a bit better of a ball, but Jack still has a pretty has a pretty good arm. I mean, he's. He was the quarterback, the first like quarterback that Brom recruited to Purdue, wasn't he? I think he was like kind of the like. Yeah, he was the first uh, for part of his first uh, full recruiting yeah. class. So I'm excited to see him get out there. I mean, he, he does not have a great record as a starter, but I'm not sure how much stock you put into that, just given some of the games. I think he's what two and nine, two two and seven. I think two and seven, two and nine as a starter, something like that. Obviously, one of those was the Minnesota game last year, which we don't need to rehash. Nope. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I'm excited. I think he's going to do well. I just hope that the offensive line gives him time so that, you know, Bell and Wright can get open and score a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line's a, a cause for concern a little bit. The depth, I should say, the depth. Maybe, I mean, the, yeah. I think the starting five will be, I want to say that it's going to be Brahms' strongest offensive line he's had yet. But from a depth standpoint, I think they only feel confident playing seven guys. Yeah, which is obviously a concern, just given the nature of football and in, in that position, guys go down, whether it's you know for a partial game or even a full game. Um, so yeah, hopefully, we've been bitten by the injury bug lately in the last couple of years. So hopefully, we get some guys that can stay healthy for once. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, I mean, that's you know, we we bring up last year the COVID year. It's just so weird. I kind of throw that year out of the books, but then twenty nineteen. The team was so snake bitten by injuries. I mean, they were playing mm-hmm. true freshmen and retro freshmen across the board. We had that absurd uh, consecutive touchdown streak. I think it was twenty two straight touchdowns scored by a freshman. Yeah. So I think I think Purdue fans kind of have to remember. Um, there's there's been some bad luck on the program mm-hmm. side the last two years, but I understand, and I think I think Jeff Brom and staff understands this is this is a big year for the program. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on Plummer? I wasn't surprised by the announcements. Yeah. About, about two months ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said Aiden O'Connell because yep. Aiden won the job last year in a surprise, mm-hmm. and I just kind of thought that's the way the staff was leaning. Um, I like both quarterbacks. I think they both bring different intangibles to the, to the table. I think O'Connell has a bigger arm, but he lacks mobility. Jack can move around a little bit more and, and create stuff outside of the pocket. And, and I'm not saying Jack has an awful arm. I just think Aiden has a stronger arm. Yeah, and maybe he's a little more accurate. I I just want to see Jack improve on his decision making. Mm-hmm. 
He's going to have to. He cannot turn the ball over as much as he has in the past, which he did a better job last year than he did in 2019, which is, which is, um, Understand I mean, he yeah, which, in 2019 or exactly, in exactly it comes yeah. with experience. So, but this is the year he needs to take the next step. Yeah. He needs to take the next step. Like you mentioned, he was Jeff's quarterback in the very first recruiting class Jeff had, full recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And it's time for him to take that next step. I would love for him to be the only starter all year because that means he's playing well and Purdue's playing well and he's stayed healthy mm-hmm. because I am sick of the two-quarterback situation. I mean, besides 2016 when David Blau started every game, Purdue hasn't had one guy start every game since 2009 in Joey Elliott. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Who do you think we see on the field first, Aiden O'Connell or um, why I'm blanking on his name now? Austin, Austin Burton. I think we see Austin Burton on a Saturday. I think we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think they have installed, and this is just me going off my crazy wild take predictions and opinions. I think they've, they've put in a package or two, uh, more of a running offense for him. Yeah. I hope so. Just because, I mean, he obviously didn't see the field at all last year. And I mean, he transferred out from, I, mean, it was, I thought it was kind of a weird transfer in the first place, given that we already had two guys who had started, but. Obviously, he came here for a reason. Hopefully, he get a chance to utilize it. But I kind of think the same thing. And I hope we don't see as much as I like O'Connor. I hope we don't see him because I think if that's the case, and it's either because Plummer got hurt or is playing poorly, and um, yeah, I don't want to tired of like you said, tired of the two quarterback system. Well, and it'll be it'll be uh, interesting because Jeff stated he's not afraid to play multiple quarterbacks. So yeah. how long's the leash got to be for Jack? Or is it something that we see what from in 2018 where we did like one quarterback started and then one played the second quarter and they kind of I mm, I'm not a big it's fan hard, of that. That's hard but, to keep guys hot. I mean, yes, yeah. and I mean we even saw some of that back in 2011, 2012 when it was Robert Marvin, Caleb Turbush. There were sometimes mm-hmm. they were going quarter for quarter or series for series, and that just doesn't work. If no. you know, I'm I, I I don't fully believe in the old saying if you have two quarterbacks you don't have one. Yeah. But I think it's it matters how you use them. Yeah, and it helps with the guys for getting in the rhythm. Like not just the quarterbacks, but the other players too. I mean, when you're constantly changing out the guy throwing the ball, having to you know consistently revert back to you know remembering each guy's cadence and each guy's you know obviously they work together all the time. You know after practice, during practice, but having just that one guy out there the whole time, I think it just makes it easier for everybody. Hey uh, Evan, can you make sure your mic's plugged in? I'm getting again some weird audio uh, feedback on on your end once in a while, but just uh, just FYI, real quick. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, um, what's your besides the offensive line? What's your biggest question marks or concerns on the offensive side of the ball? Ooh, good or, question. Or, or do you have any? <laughs> I mean, I guess. My question is, is, what's the running game going to be like? Which I guess is kind of tied to the offensive line. Is, I mean, I, I kind of been talked about it when we talked with Adam last week. Was I kind of mentioned? You know, I'm a Bears fan, and I see a lot of uh, parallels between Matt Nagy and Jeff Brom, and the fact that they both like to abandon the run pretty damn quickly. Yep. Um, so I'd like to see a more consistent run game, but obviously that I mean that's you know that not just on the coach, but also on the players too, and getting a run game going. I think we have two really capable running backs in Daru and Horvath. Um, have they said which one's going to technically start, Magus? I, I think everybody's leaning towards Horvath. That's why I've seen the yeah. projected depth charts. And, and, and coming off last year's strong season, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I like to see us yeah, establish it just because it's going to only help the offense that much more and open up the passing game for Plummer more. So I think just that, just how is our run game going to look this year just because it just hasn't really been there you know, much the last couple of seasons. So, and obviously – 
depth plays a big role in that too. You don't want these guys getting hurt, but I think that's definitely my question, biggest question mark in terms of, I guess, other than like who's going to fill that, you know, third or fourth receiver spot besides Bell and Milton Wright. So is cross the third running back. I would be surprised if it's the transfer from UNLV, the walk-on. Oh yeah. yeah. I've heard, you know, we've been reading good things about him on golden black. He's a, I think he's a walk-on. But I've heard yes. he's been, been doing pretty well at camp, so I wouldn't be surprised if you know he's the third that's, guy. That's right. That's um, right. I'm blanking on his name. I think he's from Carmel. Um, yep. yeah, no, he is. I'm blanking on his name yeah. too. Transfer from UNLV. So um, yeah. Downing. Downing. Is that right? Dalen Downing. Yeah, sounds right to me. I'm gonna. I'm, yeah, I was gonna say pull up the roster because I, yeah. I, I. That that's one thing. There we go. We 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 got B Smith nine uh, nine here on on Periscope right, on, yeah. on Dalen. Yep. Okay. That's Appreciate right. I, I was going to say, because that's one thing I'm usually, I take pride in knowing. Yeah. You know, the roster pretty well. Typically. I feel like this year, like, I'm going to have to buy a program. I never buy programs. I have to buy a program this year. Cause I'm not going to know anybody on the defense. Dalen Downing. Dalen Downing. Right there. Yeah, there we go. Robert, Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Robert on. Yep. 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 Cause I, I'm right there with you, Webby. It's like, I, I usually know the guys <laughs> by their numbers. And this year, just because last year's weird year there in the transfer portals kind of changed everything. I'm going to have to buy a program Saturday night and, and study it a little bit. So I, I don't sound like an idiot on these. You know, used to help me know the roster a lot was in was physically putting them into NCAA football. Like we used to do when we were kids, which is just my way of saying, bring back NCAA football. I hundred <laughs> percent agree. Let me sign up on that any day of the week. Cause yeah, that was a good, good. And I, and I miss importing the rosters of guys who literally would do yeah. it for every team, which was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But all right, let's switch from offense to well, real quick, real quick. I should say, yeah, the one position I'm not worried about is the wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not, and we're tied in. If really. we end up being worried, then God help us. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, David Bell is David Bell. He's got to yeah. do David Bell things. We better enjoy him this year. Why yeah. we can't? Milton Wright, I think he's going to have a huge year. I think, I think he had a good year last year. Jackson Anthrop, he is what he is. He's Mister Consistent. Yeah, Mr. He's, he's got to give it his all every play. Good to have him back for another year of leadership. TJ Sheffield um, had a little off the field incident, but it doesn't look like that's gonna keep him out out of uh, any games or anything. I think he should be the slot receiver. I think he'll be one of the returners, both punt and kick returner. Um, I'm also really excited for Marshawn Rice. That's one yep. guy everybody's been raving about. And don't forget Brock Thompson, the, yeah. the Marshall I think, transfer. I think he's gonna be a guy who, where I think. People are like he's going to be kind of one of those guys that are playing pretty consistently with Bell and Wright by the end of the year. Marcellus Moore, where does he fit into fold with his speed on offense? Time will tell. I think he'll definitely return some kicks. Um, does Colin Sullivan get any time this year or any other the red shirt freshman wide receivers? I yeah. don't think any of the true front wide receivers get on the field. I would be yeah. surprised, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. And then tight ends, I think, will be a stacked room. Payne, Payne yeah. Durham, Garrett Miller, Kyle Billadow. I think are the three to yeah, lead the way there. The entire receiving core, both tight ends and receivers, going to make hopefully life a lot easier for Plummer. And but just it's, again going back to off the line, the guy give guy give Plummer time. Um, yep. And yeah, Plummer's got to make can't make mistakes and you know, can't force anything because I think yeah we're not going to be able to. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to outscore everybody like we want to, but I mean we'll be able to put up some points for sure. All right, real quick question for you before we flip the defense side of the ball. So guessing that David Bell leads the team in touchdown and receiving yards, who is number two for those two categories for Purdue this year? Payne Durham. For both? Yeah. All right. I think we're only heavily on tight ends. I, I like Payne Durham for the for the for the 
second in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But for yards, I'll go Milton Wright. I yeah. think he's I think he's ready to explode. Oh, that was the obvious answer, so I thought I would I have to go a different we'll, we'll defend yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think has more rushing touchdowns, Doru or Horvath? I feel like Horvath, just because I feel like we're gonna get like we're gonna get down the red zone and just need someone just to hopefully, you know, bust through for a couple yards. Um I'm gonna go out and say I think Daru has more yards this year. But I think touchdowns is Horvath. B Smith nine says Samson. Oh. I don't know if he's referring to Samson James, the transfer yeah. from India. I don't think he's going to be eligible this year. Ah, we'll see. I mean, I, I was thought I saw something on the boards of somebody saying that there was an example of a kid who transferred just recently to I don't remember where, and he got a waiver. I don't know the kid's circumstances, so I mean, who knows? The NCAA sometimes hands those out like candy. I'd love to have him in the room because that would be a great addition. But yeah, oh, he's like very that. talented, and I feel like Jeff Brom said something about him today in his press conference, but I did not catch what that was. So, um, David side of the ball, brand new look on defense, meaning a brand new staff. Bob Diaco fired after one year. Mm-hmm. Um, some other coaches let go. Some others left for uh, opportunities elsewhere. So brand new staff, three co-defensive coordinators, and Brad Lambert coming from Marshall. He will call the defensive plays when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. Is he up in the booth? Do we know that? I have no idea. I would assume. <laughs> uh, Mark Hagan, yep. longtime uh, Purdue coach under Tiller <laughs> and under Danny Hope, defensive line coach. He's also coached at Texas, Indiana, some other places. Welcome face coming back for sure. And then Ron English, defensive back coach. Um, he's been head coach at Eastern Michigan. He's been a defensive back coach at Florida. So those are just three of the new additions among some other ones. But uh, yeah, I'm excited because we don't know what to expect. Right. Uh, I mean, the word we're hearing from a lot of people, whether it be player or coach, is aggressive. So I hope that rings true on Saturday and we're able to get after the quarterback because we know no more 10 yard cushion well I think we had like what like five sacks last year as a team or something yeah we, like I mean George did get hurt a game and yeah. a half into the season and, and, then, like two of them, so and then got co- then got COVID so, yeah. um, and he did have two sacks in two games last year or a game and a half so I mean that's because obviously there's a, a lot of question marks kind of in the backfield defensive backfield so I think I think the key is that front seven, just getting pressure on the quarterback and getting those stops. And the big thing is just getting off the field on third down. That's where mm-hmm. we really struggled last year. But, yeah, I'm excited. I and mean, that's obviously a huge question mark as a whole as a defense in terms of what we're going to see. But I'm really excited to see kind of what these guys have brought. Cause I feel like it just sounds like, obviously, last year there's a, a lot of, you know, not a whole lot of communication going on or lack of, you know, or lack of communication from the top down in terms of Diaco and everybody else. So it sounds like this is a pretty collaborative effort and hopefully that, you know, would that, you know, pays dividends on the field. Yeah, I know George Karloftis has set a bar for himself for 14 and a half sacks this year. So now, I mean, he had eight two years ago as a true freshman, which is pretty good. If he can have 14 and a half or more, he might be vying for the big 10 defensive player of the year award. Yeah. Um, Which in order for him to get that, I think someone else has got to step up and be, you know, a force up there, whether it's, um, Mitchell or somebody or something, because if it's just him, then I can't see unless he gets, you know, 14 against, you know, we don't have any cupcakes on the schedule, so that doesn't even make any sense. So I mean, I'm not sure we're going to get 14 from. I sure hope UConn's a cupcake, but we'll – Maybe we'll get like 14 in that game alone. <laughs> that would be great. But, yeah, um, yeah we'll talk about that game uh, next week in, in more detail. But do you do you happen to have uh, – Access to uh, Tom Dean Hart's projected depth charts, by chance? I, I can get it. 
Okay. Because um, I would like to like to see, especially on defense, who he's got projected. Because I did not look at that very closely, but I know I'm, I'm anxious to see what OC Brothers can bring to the field. He's uh-huh. one of the multiple SEC transfers that came to yep. Purdue. Um, they've been raving about him, raving about him through the spring. So I'm anxious to see that see him out there. Yanni Karloftis, um, arguably Purdue's biggest recruit they got in this recruiting class. How much is he going to play? I don't think he'll start. I think he'll get a lot right. of snaps. I think he'll play some special teams. Now he could be starting by the end of the year. I'm not saying not saying that might not be the case, but but linebacker is going to be uh, a, a position that Purdue has quite a bit of depth at, uh, right. and defense in general should have a lot of depth. I don't think Purdue's had this much depth at defense as Brahms got there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, a lot of new faces there, a lot of transfers. Like I said, this is the most transfers Purdue's ever gotten. The transfer portal has helped that across the board on both offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, once you get that up, let me know. I'm trying to find it. He had it on the boards, but. Yes, he special, did. Special teams. Maybe go to his name and see. That's what I am doing. Uh, defense. Here we go. Man. Okay. Wow. All right. Depth chart defense. So first team on defense with the end, Carl Loftus, obviously. Uh, nose tackle, Lawrence Johnson, Jr. Other tackle, Branson Dean, Jr. Uh, Leo position, Demarcus Mitchell. Thank God he got his stuff figured out. He got um, his classwork done, yep. Yep. Uh, weak side, OC brother, redshirt freshman. Middle linebacker, Jalen Alexander, the senior. Uh, strong side, Jalen Graham. I hopefully he can have a big year. I think he's itching to have a big year. That that, that I mean on paper sounds like a pretty solid linebacking core to me. Yep, I, absolutely. Um, defensive backs, you're starting to uh, Corey Trice the junior and Dedrick Mackey. I think those are both solid starters. I I really like Corey Trice. I, I know he came in as for a, a safety position, but he's done a pretty good job. Uh, at the cornerback spot, and their backups are Anthony Rompf and Jamari Brown, uh, respectively. And then this is a position group I'm really exci- I'm excited to watch because I like both these guys a lot. Is the safeties um, one guy more? I mean, I like both of them, but Marvin Grant, the sophomore, and then Cam Allen, the junior. Um, I'm a big Marvin Grant fan. I really want him to do. <laughs> I really want him to be unleashed. I mean, we saw some, you know, saw some flashes of it last year where he stood a guy up and I just want to see that every single week. I mean, he like picked a, up Wandell Robinson last year. Yeah. Nebraska without a helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to, I mean, I'm, I just have flashes of Bernard Pollard. I just want to see him just lay some guys out. Um, and Cam Allen is a great athlete and I mm-hmm. like both of them. And the, uh, they're back. They're too deep. There is uh Sanusi Kane, the sophomore and Chris Jefferson, the senior as their backups. I agree with B Smith nine here. He says he feels like the Divas can be under the radar. Good. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, but he also says can't get hit by the injury bug. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because, yeah, yeah on, on on the more you listen to those guys on paper, I, I like the sound I of like that defense. I think yeah, I think it's a it's a big. Um, the scheme is going to be what 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 does it. Cause I think we saw last year. Just you know, you got to put your best players in position to succeed, and I feel like that just wasn't the case last year, and um, put a lot of stress on on the defensive backs, and hopefully. You know, this aggressive style can hopefully get some pressure on the quarterback and, you know, make those guys' jobs a lot easier this year and not, but also don't give them 15 yards of cushion. Right. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, uh, 
I wouldn't be opposed to the Boilers deferring if they win the kickoff Saturday Not night and get the defense out there, get the crowd pumped up, get three and out or a turnover right away, and yeah. then let the offense go to work. Um, uh, special teams got two new specialists, a new punter and a new kicker. Both, well, the punter's actually not a transfer. The punter's a 23-year-old freshman from Australia. The yep. kicker is a transfer from Samford, mm-hmm. the Bulldogs. Um, both their names are escaping me right now, so if you can um, – Yeah, I'm trying to pull that up too. You, you can pull that up. That would help me. I'm very prepared tonight if you can't. <laughs> That's why I said I need a program. I need a program. Yeah. I could have the roster here in front of me, but – uh, let's see here. So kicker Mitchell Finneran, he's from he's the transfer, isn't he? Yes, from Samford. Yep. Yes. And then Jack Ansel, the freshman, land down under. 23-year-old freshman. Uh he's definitely a rugby rugby style kicker or punter, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and then I'm guessing the returners, um, and Robert helped here. Jack Jack Ansel. See, see, this is why we have people who yep. tune into the boiler breakdown to help us because we need help. Uh in returners, I, I want to see Marcellus Moore and TJ Sheffield back there to return kicks. Yep, he's got first team kick return TJ Sheffield and Marcellus Moore, and then punt return first team Jackson Anthrop, and second team Brock Thompson. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I I, and, and I'm cool with Jackson being there because he's misreliable. He's not going to fumble yeah. the ball, he's going to make smart decisions. Um, but I do also like having a punt return that can create some havoc back there yeah. as far as big playability. But. At the end of the day, I do what somebody who doesn't fumble. We do remember when Rondell tried to make a play at Nevada, right? Fumble twice. Fumble twice. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. It, so, it, yeah. it hurt them bad. Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, sometimes you don't want your playmakers back there, um, right. and in risk of injury either. What are your thoughts on Brom making the comment that they're going to have a lot more starters on special teams? I think it's fine, honestly. If you don't have too many, I know special teams can be dangerous, but. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have the reserves that are good specialists, you need to put your best guys out there because special teams can win and lose you ball games. Yeah, especially maybe tight ball so much, games. Yeah, maybe not so much win, but they can definitely lose you. Yeah. a close game as we at, saw at Nevada. <laughs> at Nevada, I was going to say ask yeah. Nebraska uh, over the yeah. weekend against Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. When he first said that, I was like, I don't know if I like that because I can just see like three guys going out on one play or someone getting lit up. But then I was like, he's, you know, I, he, I kept reading. He's like, oh, you know, we looked around the conference in the country and saw kind of the trend. And I was like, eh. I mean, they did that. Obviously they're not idiots. So <laughs> I trust them. Yeah. I'm not a coach. I mean, just play when I'm mad. And so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we don't do even good at that. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but all right, let's get, let's get into it. Let's look at the schedule as a whole. So um, open up. Saturday with Oregon State. Yep. Then we go to UConn. <laughs> that game. <laughs> which which UConn for everybody that doesn't know, they opted out of football last year. They're independents now. Yep. So in their first game in two years was at Fresno State on Saturday. They lost forty five zero and had hundred and seven total yards. <laughs> so I'm going on record right now a week ahead of time. If we lose to UConn, it's the worst loss of program history. Yeah. History. I, I don't I I don't know how Brom could come back from that unless we just come back and absolutely lay an absolute whooping on Notre Dame. But even then, still, like, it's yeah, that's a that's not a one you want to lose. Is and it's one of those like it, it's a lot like the Nevada game, which like makes me so nervous. It's like it's such a lose lose unless you win by thirty. It's like oh god, we couldn't even beat you know UConn by three touchdowns. But then obviously, if you lose, it's 
the end of the world and Tanner's got to eat his hat. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> for, for long-time listeners and viewers of the podcast, when we had a friend of the show, Aaron Lynch, on one time, I said I would eat my – and I remember which one it was. It's my camouflage black and, and, and silver Puma golf hat that I was wearing that night. I said I'd eat my hat if, if, if UConn beat Purdue. Now, I don't want any Boiler Breakdown listeners or fans rooting against Purdue <laughs> so, so they can watch me eat my hat. But uh, that's how confident I am that we will not lose that game. But week three, I think the Boilers have to be 2-0. and Going yes. into this game, I can't express how important this Oregon State game is to get off mm-hmm. to a good start because I feel like last year that fluke, bogus loss, I'm going to call it, to Minnesota derailed the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Year before that, it was the Nevada one we've talked about a few times mm-hmm. tonight that we choked away, kind of derailed the momentum of the rest of the season. I think Purdue's got to get this win Saturday night. Do you? I, I don't really consider the Iowa game, obviously, because we, you know, we talk about Brom and opening games. He didn't coach last year. and I, That's I, right. I, I forgot about that. COVID, and that's okay. Well, then we came back and beat Illinois at Illinois when he was back. But do you really consider that his like, first game? Because we already had a game under our belt, and you had film you know, for the current team. So, I, don't, I mean, I still kind of consider him winless in opening yeah. games. Because, I mean, I mean yeah. I People can disagree with me. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about till right now. Um, Now that's very concerning that you brought that up. But uh, (laughs) no, I just think, I mean, I don't want to do the Daryl Hazel at Marshall, put all our eggs in one basket, but that turned out well. But um, (laughs) like everything in the Hazel era. But I just think this is such an important game for the rest of the season. If they want to make a bowl, they got to get this first one. And you got to get the first two. And going to Notre Dame week three, because that's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, I do like seeing the Irish back on the schedule first time mm-hmm. since 2014, first time going to South Bend since 2012. We're, they, we're then going to see a two-year drop-off, I believe, after this year, but then a home-and-home home picks back up for six straight years. I um, I, this is their, their green out. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's dumb, but that's okay. Um, their, I saw one of their bloggers was not happy that it's like we're doing like why are we using against usc we're doing against purdue and i was like hey now let's let's, let's be nice and it will be their first nbc home game because toledo game the week before is going to be on peacock okay um, not that that probably makes any difference or anything but so yeah. then we have notre dame and then the rest of the schedule I'm, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head without looking I got um, we have uh illinois at home minnesota at home mm-hmm. Okay, now now I need some help. Uh, they are ranked in the top twenty-five. Is it at Iowa? You are correct. At Iowa, then is it Wisconsin at home? Yep. Then is it at can Ohio? You me, can you can you tell me what the uh, uh, so Minnesota's homecoming? Can you tell me what the uh, the event is at the for the Wisconsin game? No, we do it every, do it every year. Band day. No, that is. Do we even have band day anymore? I don't really have band day. I mean, it might. Be, I don't think it is because this it, Saturday's military appreciation. Yep. Uh, cool. so yeah, Wisconsin game, hammer down cancer game. Oh. And family day. I always get family day and band. Day. I always think family day and band day. Are the I same think they got rid of band day now. Yeah. That I think about it. What, what's the Illinois game? Uh, ag day. <laughs> All right, that's fitting. Um. <laughs> So then after Wisconsin, we go to Ohio State? Nope. No. Our favorite. Oh, we go to Nebraska. Yep. (laughs) Then is it to Ohio State? Nope. Another home. It's a home game. Michigan State. Yep. Then to Ohio State. Correct. Then to Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Yep. Then Indiana at home. Okay. All right, Webby. So (laughs) predictions. 
Record predictions. <sighs> All right. I think we're going 2-0 to start off. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. I, I mean, I, I think we lose that Notre Dame. Oh, I'm agreeing. I don't want to yeah. – but I, they're going to be double-digit favorites, I, can, I would think. In my head, I'm like, we're going to win six games, but I feel like when I do this, we're going we're gonna to be like nine and three or something. <laughs> I, I already gave my prediction for the Boilers in the podcast yeah. I did before this, so I'm, I'm sticking with my prediction from there. I'm just so biased. I think we get Illinois – just I think because. we I think we get Illinois, and I think Illinois is going to be undefeated coming into that game. Yeah, I mean they're old. They got what they the most seniors or super seniors. Super in all, seniors. College football. Bielema is a better coach than Lovey. Yeah. I think we finally get Minnesota. I I do, I do too. I do. Oh my god! Um, I think we lose at Iowa. I I do too. Even though Brahms three and one up there and darn near got him in 2019, I think yeah. I think this Iowa team is going to be very very good. So what are we at there? We are what, four and two. Yep. Yeah. I mean, until we do it, I don't see us beat Wisconsin. Until we, we've been close. We were we were close in 2017. I, I have Wisconsin they, going 12 and 0. Really? Their schedule. Who's their quarterback? Um, Graham. Graham. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, Mertz. Mertz. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. They their schedule. They don't play Ohio State. They got Penn State at home this week. They get. Oh, that's this week. Oh, I forgot about I, that. They either don't play Michigan, or if they do, they get them at home. They get Iowa at home. It just everything lines up to. And if you have a Pat Camp Randall, that's that's a big. They play. Game. They do play Notre Dame at Soldier Field. Well, that'd be pretty cool. They were supposed to play at Lambo last year. It was a two-year series. Okay. Um, they play at Soldier, but I just I think I think they're gonna be better than Notre Dame. So yeah, and like they're gonna be familiar. They're gonna be familiar with Notre Dame's quarterback since he transferred from Wisconsin, Jack Cohn. Right. Yeah. Sure. So I th- I think we. I'm agreeing with you. I know my dad will disagree with me because my dad said this is the year we in the Wisconsin streak because we should have had them um, 2018. in 2018 when we lost in double overtime at home. Yeah. But until it happens, I'm with you. I just can't go yeah. against them. So that's four and three. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, I think we get Nebraska because Scott I, I, Goss is I, I do that sidebar. That comment he made today, and for those who didn't know, I think he was asked about or they just made a comment about the game and how their entire half their playbook was thrown out as soon as they lined up. And I'm like, why say that? <laughs> it just makes him sound like he's weighing over his head. It's like, yeah. if you're a halfway decent coach or staff, you find ways to adjust during the game because yeah. Elon coached in so many different places. I'm yeah. not surprised that he threw something out that they weren't prepared for. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, there's a the whole thing. I, mean, I know you're our friend, Josh, who's a, Somewhat Illinois fan, we don't really know. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see. But he kind of said, like, I think that was definitely Illinois' advantage going to the game was the fact that Bielema hadn't coached in a couple of years. So you can't really look at previous teams. I mean, you look at teams that are three years old from them, and you know, who knows what he's done. But I think that was definitely a, you know, an it, advantage for the line. That's a way to lose your fan base if you hadn't already, making stupid comments right. like that. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think we get Nebraska there. So we have us a five and three so far. We're agreeing so far. Yeah. Um, Michigan State. I don't know what to think about this Michigan State team. Awful. I mean, That's a win. That's a win. Okay. I said I couldn't remember. Well, I, they were bad last year. Um, That's true. That's true. They were. I, I, but I last year was a weird year. But I just, yeah. I don't think Mel Tucker's got to get it rolling there for a little yeah. while. We win this because. So uh, that'd be make us bowl eligible right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, it, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Wow, that'd be fun. 
be eligible in early November. That, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, going to Columbus, the fact that it's not at West Lafayette, we're not going to win that game. No, I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking for I, I also think, and they have a tougher schedule in Wisconsin, I think we see Ohio State go 12-0. I think we see two undefeated teams in the Big Ten championship I'm so games. sick of being in the go red for the Big Ten championship I know, games. Always. I, I know, I know, but <laughs> Ohio, State, here. Ohio yeah. State is elite. They're yeah, on another they level than anybody else yeah. in the Big Ten. I yep. hate them, but they're good. Yep. Um, Northwestern. I think they get us in that one. I think it's, I think it'll be a fun game. I think I do too, Webby. They're a little better. I think it's one of those teams that we have to beat if we want to get to the next level, but we're not there yet. I, I think um, like them in Minnesota are two huge coin tosses at the beginning of the year, and, yeah. and I agree with you. I know we got Northwestern two years ago, but. Fitzgerald has Brahms' number, and they have yeah. Purdue's number over the last decade. Yeah, I mean he's a hell of a coach. He is, um, even though he makes really stupid comments at times. I yes. go back and forth with if I like him or not. Right. Um, so that, and then we get the bucket back. Yeah, I, I'm, I honestly we didn't even rehearse this, and that's exactly <laughs> what I have. Uh, Purdue going seven and five, five yeah. and four in a conference. Sign me up right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, seven and five that would probably get us. Trying to become a bowl game, we'd get a pretty decent one, probably similar to like a Music City Bowl. Yeah, um, I think we were definitely bumped up that year because of the Rondale factor. So I think we're probably a similar bowl of mm-hmm. that nature. So, yeah, no, we're we're, we're green one hundred percent there. That's um, surprising. I thought you might. I thought for a second you were going to go eight and four. I thought you were going to go with uh, win over Northwestern. I really thought it was like. I mean, we haven't really. Yeah, we had the one year when they were bad, and O'Connell led that kind of yeah. like game winning drive which is cool for him being from the Chicago area. Yeah. But yeah, they uh Fitzgerald has it figured out up there and I, I do think they're gonna take a step back. I mean last year remember they won the West. Um yep. they lost a lot. Hunter Johnson is their quarterback this year. Um right, I do think right. they step a take a step back, but I think I predicted their record to be eight and four. So I had them just uh just ahead of Purdue Robert asked yeah. a question here on Facebook. Does Purdue actually get to play Penix, or will he have been hurt for half a season prior to that point? That's a great question. That is a great question. I mean, it depends uh, on if they're idiots and call them to do rollouts like they did the, when he got hurt last year when they made him when he, it, when he did like a QB rollout. I didn't understand that at all. But I, And I never I never wish injury upon no. anybody, but given his injury history, I wouldn't put good odds on him making it to the bucket game. Yeah. So, well, do you want to go through and predict uh, other Big Ten games? Let's do it. Even though we technically didn't even – well, we, we technically did pick uh, Purdue's game, I guess, there. But do you think Purdue covers? What What's your final score prediction, Purdue-Oregon State? Let's start off there. 35-24. So, yeah, we cover. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Tim Tippesar's defense gave up about 33 points on average. So – I'm actually feeling pretty good. I'm going 38-21. Okay. That would be – I'm be feeling real good. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> we can all enjoy some Boiler Golds or Boiler Blacks a little early. Yep. I uh, got a comment here from Dustin on Twitter. Ohio State probably has a wall papered with our mean tweets since – Oh, that no that we, oh they, they got plenty of bulletin board material. Plenty. <laughs> Oh, God. Plenty and Webby and I, we have never seen a win at the horseshoe. Should have had one in um, 2012 and yeah. could have had one in 2003, but yeah. uh, neither happened. All right, we got some Thursday night games around the Big Ten. We got Temple at Rutgers. Rutgers is a 14-point favorite. 
I think Greg Schiano is going to surprise some people this year. I mean, I'm not sure what a surprise is for Rutgers, but yep. I, I think they're going to win some games they shouldn't. Yep. And, uh, I think I think Rutgers. Well, there was a 14 point pair. I think they covered yep. that. Yep, I, I agree. I think Rutgers goes about five and seven this year. I think okay. I think he's still making that improvement. He's not getting them to a bowl yet, but he's making improvement. Number four, Ohio State at Minnesota Thursday night. Buckeyes are fourteen point favorite. Does Fleck pull the upset, or do the Buckeyes loosen the plug on his robot a little hope, early in the season? I hope Ohio State doubles that cover, <laughs> that spread. Yeah, I I think I mean, Ohio State's gonna be really good. I actually predicted Minnesota to be five and seven this year. Okay. Is do we know is Ohio State starting that freshman kid who reclassified or do we know who's their starting they're, they're starting Stroud? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe by all everything I've read. So uh yeah, I think Ohio State covers that fourteen point spread. Uh Friday night, interesting one in Evanston, Michigan State at Northwestern. Northwestern is a three point favorite. I'm a little, a little intrigued by the spread here. Yeah, me too. I think the Northwestern covers that. I do too. Um, usually these two teams play pretty competitive games that are not the highest scoring games. Yeah. But I like Northwestern there. Uh, in-state battle, Western Michigan at Michigan. Michigan's a 17-point favorite. I think Michigan covers that. I mean, I don't know anything about Michigan this year other than that I hate hardball. So. I, I had Michigan go 9-3 and three this year. But okay. still not beating Ohio State. So, Obviously. in the end, it doesn't matter for their fan base. Uh, but I have Michigan covering this. I don't think Western Michigan's supposed to be one of the better Mac schools. Uh, Fox, big noon game. This is a good one. Number 19, Penn State at number 12, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's five and a half point favorite. First game back in a packed camp, Randall. I think that was going to be rocking. Um, I think Wisconsin. I don't think they covered it. I think it's a three-point game. I think it's going to be down to the wire. I go Wisconsin by about ten. Um, like okay. I said, I already made my feelings known about yeah. Wisconsin. I think they're going to be really, really good. Got an easy schedule to do something special. Um, James Franklin, he's been a good coach for Penn State, but I think this is a big year for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I really last year again, he kind of throw it at me. They didn't have Parsons last year, and I mean they had obviously well documented the first game against Indiana where they lost and definitely just beat themselves when they could have won. But like, kind of just all downhill from there. But yeah, it's definitely a huge year for him. Fordham at Nebraska. There's no cover on this. <laughs> uh, I think Nebraska wins, but oh, they're gonna they're be. gonna win. They're gonna win yeah. by like a million. I mean, if, yeah. if if Nebraska loses to Fordham, Scott Frost needs fired before he even gets to the locker room. Their yeah. AD needs to go down, have the papers ready, hand them to him on the field before he even gets to yep. the locker room. I agree. West Virginia. Two and a half point favorites at Maryland. Again, I know nothing about Maryland this year. I think I predicted Maryland to win two games and go over in the conference. Yeah. So I think West Virginia gets them. Yeah. Uh, Even matchup here on paper as far as the rankings are concerned. 17 Indiana at number 18 Iowa. Iowa's a three and a half point favorite. This is a tough one. Um, bias is going to get me. I'm picking Iowa. I mean, Kinnick, you're talking Kinnick at night. Or it's three thirty, so it's not a night game. But getting into the night, but I mean, again, Kinnick is pretty. It's a pretty hard place to win at, and I think yeah, a packed Kinnick is going to be tough to beat. 
I agree. And Iowa usually gives Indiana problems. Uh, Indiana faces Iowa week one, then uh, Cincinnati team that's ranked 10th right now, week three. Mm -hmm. And then they got the East. I mean, they still got Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. They got to play. It could be, it could be tough sailing for, uh, uh, Indiana team and program that's got some momentum going. Mm -hmm. I think Iowa gets them week one. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like Indiana. I think Iowa wins 10 games. I think Iowa goes 10 and two. Okay. I, I think. I think France has a good team on paper this year. Who do you think they lose to? Wisconsin and who did I pick them to lose to? Uh, let me look at their... Oh, Iowa State and Wisconsin. Oh, Iowa, Iowa State's ranked seventh. They oh, play their week. Right. They play their week two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Purdy's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Like yep. Iowa State will get them. And then lastly, for the Big Ten, we got University of Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners, one of the coolest nicknames in Division <laughs> One. At Illinois, interesting that Illinois is only a six-point favorite. I mean, I think they're going to ride the momentum. I think Bielema is going to get them off to a little bit of a start, good start. And, yes, I think they, they're undefeated until Boilers come. I agree. I actually had Illinois winning six games this year. I have 10 of the 14 Big Ten teams being eligible for bowls. Okay. With the four not being eligible is Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Oh, and no, and Maryland. So I lied. So nine. Still a good amount. Yeah. Number eight. No, let me count. Nebraska, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, did you want to do any top 25 games? Sure. I'm not sure. I don't know much about any of these teams. But let's no, do it. I mean, it's week one. It's hard to tell anything or yeah. anything. But I'll just pick out a few because there are some awful matchups. Like, for instance, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do Southern Utah at Arizona State, where Arizona State's a 44 point favorite. Uh, but this one well, should be a good one. Carolina versus the Citadel. <laughs> exactly. Um, Friday night, number 10, North Carolina. They got Sam Howell, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Five-and-a-half-point favorites at Virginia Tech. Big game for Justin Fuentes. Big season for Justin Fuentes, a coach who had all the momentum coming from Memphis a couple years ago and hasn't lived up to expectations. Virginia Tech has one of the coolest entrances in all college football. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I mean, obviously they've got a great quarterback. I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but, hey, Mac Brown. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they still got some talent. They're ranked 10th. They did lose a couple uh, running backs to the NFL, but I think Carolina gets them from anywhere from 7 to 10 points, so I think they cover that spread. Should be going, though. Fresno State at number 11, Oregon. Oregon's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think uh, Fresno State was just – they're winning against UConn, which is the product of UConn being awful, so I think Oregon – I'm going to say they cover that. I think Oregon wins, but Fresno covers. Okay. I have respect for this Fresno State program. I think they've always been a pretty good little mid-major program. I mean, right away, I think David and Derek Carr, when I think Fresno State, and Trent Delfer. Can't forget about Trent Delfer. He's now a pumped-up high school coach yelling at kids. Uh, (laughs) I wonder what that kid did to deserve that. I mean, he must have did something. But, um, yeah, I think think Oregon wins, but I think Fresno covers. Miami, Ohio at number eight, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 23-point favorites. In-state game. Um, I don't think Big Ben's walking through those doors for me. I, 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 I think Cincinnati, I mean, until they prove otherwise, they're a pretty damn good team. No more Marcus Freeman as he's the new defense coordinator yep. at Notre Dame. So Brian Kelly supposedly, I heard from a friend, I got to go look it up for myself, supposedly made a comment that he could see Marcus Freeman being Notre Dame's next head coach when he decides to call it quits. Interesting. But we'll see. I don't know if Notre Dame would go for a guy who's never been a head coach before. Yeah. 
Number one, Alabama is a 18 and a half point favorite against number 14, Miami, Florida. Alabama wins, but I'm going to say they don't cover. New quarterback. Okay. A new quarterback, Mac Jones, is in the NFL, obviously. Yeah, Bryce Young got pretty much a million dollars sponsorship already. Endorsement, whatever yep. you want to call it. Um, on the road, Miami. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, it's, know. it's at the Mercedes-Benz stadium oh, so it's neutral okay, okay. i well, i think I, it's I always do that i think i think alabama or i think miami keeps it close for a while dear king's also another favorite for the heisman but then i think alabama opens up in the fourth quarter and covers i just man alabama's just stupid yeah they are um here's an interesting one Number 23, Louisiana Lafayette. Remember, they did go into Iowa State and win last year. Mm-hmm. At number 21, Texas. And Texas is an eight-point favorite. Is Texas back? That's really that's a big question. I don't think they're back. I do think they win and cover this game, and the yeah. Steve Sarkeesian era gets off to a uh, to a good start for them. Yeah, I think they I think they cover and we yeah, get is Texas back memes for another week. San Jose State at number 15, USC. USC is only a 14-point favorite in this game. Yeah, I think USC, I think they cover that. I do too. I think Solvis is going to have a good year for them. Uh, uh, Clay Helton's built a little bit of safety, it looks like. So, Game of the weekend, number five, Georgia against number three, Clemson. And this is played at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Clemson's three-point favorites. I'm going to go with Georgia. Everybody's going for Georgia. In this game, except me, so I'm okay. sticking with Clemson. I think Georgia's going to be good. Who's Clemson's quarterback? I, I, I can't pronounce his last name. He's the oh, freshman yeah. that played against Notre Dame uh, when Trevor Lawrence oh, had COVID yeah, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It starts with a U, and it's like a million letters long. I'm not yeah, even going to make a fool of myself. Playing time. I, I was thinking he was a fresh-faced kid, but yeah, I no, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. But uh, we'll see what JT Daniels can do for Georgia. Old USC quarterback there. And let's go with one more. Oh, well, two more. Uh, night game Saturday night, number 16, LSU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at UCLA, who has already won and oh, They thrashed Hawaii over the weekend. We're both fighting at Orgeron's on this one. I'm going with Chip Kelly and the Bruins okay. in an upset. Uh, I think it's a big year for both coaches. I think both coaches yep. are kind of on the hot seat, and that's incredible. When we talk about Ed Odron, two years ago, two years ago, won a national title, but they don't undefeated. Well, welcome to the SEC. Yeah, they're not wrong. And then Sunday night, national television, number nine Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorites in Tallahassee against Florida State. Uh, Mike Norvell needs to have a good year. That was a disaster last year for him, his first year there out, out of Memphis. Maybe coaches just shouldn't leave Memphis anymore. Uh, <laughs> but something's weird about this game because Notre Dame was just a 13-point favorite two days ago. Now it's seven and a half. Huh. Um, so did you see that Jack Kaiser, starting linebacker from Notre Dame? I did. Uh, the I, the woods. I did, yes. The good for him. Still yep. should not have won Mr. Football over David Bell, but good yep. for him. Um, I'm going to pick Notre Dame in this one. I mean – Again, solid squad, and they're, I mean, they're obviously pretty elite, but obviously they're just not that next level of the Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State just yet. But which is, I mean, I'd kill for their position. So yeah, but they're still pretty dang good. I'm a Notre Dame hater on record, and it shows tonight because I'm picking Florida State. <laughs> hey. I I have Notre Dame going nine and three. The over under in Vegas is nine. 
I have them losing to Florida State, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. Their schedule, if they can get through about the first four weeks, so that would be at Florida State, Toledo, Purdue, and then Wisconsin, they might really be able to do some damage and make another run at the playoff again. It, it sets up for that, but I think they'll be good, but not as good as their fans think they will be. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. So that's going to do it for our picks for week one. And uh, any final thoughts, Webby, going into – Going into Saturday night, anything you want to close with before we mention all of our sponsors? Yeah. Can't forget the sponsors. I'm just excited. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm just I'm just happy to be back. Um, one back in Ross A two doing the show again on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to have Purdue Sports back in our lives again. It's been a, even though you know there was a tournament for basketball and all that, and you know a pretty normal off season for a lot of different reasons. I, it still feels like it's been forever uh, maybe it's just the fact that i know i'm going to the game and it's been so long since you know the longest that you and i've ever experienced away from ross aid um since we've started going to games consistently and yeah i'm just excited and i hope that excitement carries through the entire saturday night so with the w i i second that i mean um yeah, we've been lucky enough to go to Purdue sport, sporting events uh, most of our lives, and it's a big part of our lives, and we got that taken away from us last year. and That was the first year since 1999 I haven't been to at least uh, at least three Purdue football games in a year, um, and that was just that was just hard. It was very yeah. hard on, on uh, me mentally and emotionally at times, and I'm glad to have it back. And it's a scoreboard, too. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, it, it looks impressive in person, but yeah. I want to see it in action. Um yeah, look, looking forward to looking forward to being with all the Boilermaker Nation Saturday night, and hopefully we can pull out a W. But uh, let's tell everybody the four sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown this year, and I will start things off with a uh, repeat sponsor from last year, and that is Mad Mushroom. Glad to have them back. We are happy to have them back, and they've been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette. And well known as the home of the original cheese sticks, but whenever Webby and I like to visit, we like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month. Which I don't know what it's going to be for September yet, since this is August 30th when they're recording this. Everybody will be hearing this on August 31st, but I'll have that ready to roll next week in our Yukon preview. Uh, but next time you're on town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener or viewer can also use their coupon code BREAK5. That's all in all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. You guys did a great job last year of uh, using that promo code. So let's see if we can uh, beat it this year and throw them yep. some business. Obviously, it's some damn good food and hoping we get a chance to actually hang out with those guys this year and i, yep. I really want cheese mad much cheese sticks so badly so you know, i could yeah. go for that right now <laughs> yeah absolutely another one of our sponsors back again this year is webb's family pharmacy Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in rochester akron and north manchester indiana uh webb's uh is there for all of your pharma pharmaceutical needs. Simply call them to set up an appointment and their friendly and, and friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you uh, for all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies and pharmacy services. You can check them out at their website, which is www.webrx.com or you can give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch and they are boiler owned and operated. And also another, this is the third year 
Shroff uh, Landscaping Nurseries has been on board, and um, they can they've been in business for over fifty years. It can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they're also licensed lawn applicators. Give them a call today for all of your landscaping needs at five seven four two two three two seven six nine. Shroff Landscaping Design with you in mind. And Webby, I will let you take this yeah, last, last sponsor last read. Last but not least, uh, the new one, new kids on the block here for the Boiler Breakdown. We've got The Shop. Um, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011. Uh, you're at graduate high school, so it's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> Ten years. Uh, from our humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find us at our two retail stores and online. We make comfortable shirts. It makes us happy. The Shop is located in Carmel. Uh as I mentioned earlier in the show, we're looking at Carmel kind of in the Clay Terrace area and Indianapolis in the broader play area, as well as online at theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off. Uh, you know, there's some other t-shirt places out there that are, you know, listening to other podcasts, whether it be Purdue related or not, you know, they might give you 10, 15, 20. The shop will be like, no, we're doing 25. 25% off. No excuse yeah. not to get some new Purdue merch. Absolutely, Sam. Wearing right now. For those who are watching, it's the it's the big the big drum. I also have the big drum cup. Definitely plan that myself. <laughs> but they do anything from obviously pretty related apparel. They have you know if you've got Hoosiers in your life like I do, they've got great shirts for that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Ball State. They got Butler, um, Indiana State. They do things for with the Pacers and the Colts, um, and just anything anything Indiana related. So they've got some vintage. They do a lot of cool vintage things like with Deer Creek. Uh, amphitheater they do things with the national parks or the state parks in indiana not but state parks in indiana um they do stickers t-shirts hoodies i mean hats koozies drinkware i mean anything is awesome um their stores are pretty awesome i know they just uh, the broad upper location just moved to a little bit bigger location so they're definitely growing um i say it's a great shop great people i mean the shirts are super comfortable they fit really well um so give them a use that promo code online support small business Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what we love about all these is they're all a boiler owned and operated. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Webby. Well, I want to thank everybody that uh, tuned into the show tonight and everybody that's currently listening to the show. If, if, if it's at a, uh, on, on Tuesday or, or maybe it's, maybe you're listening on your drive down to Ross Aid or up to Ross Aid or over to Ross Aid and getting yourself hyped for Saturday night's game. But we appreciate each and every one of you. We are Purdue fans and alumni, just like a lot of you. We do the podcast for you. So uh, looking forward to the rest of season three throughout football season and basketball season. And hopefully we're talking about many more W's than we are L's. But let's start it off Saturday night. Let's go beaver hunting. Let's boiler (laughs) up. Let's hammer down. Boiler up.